Good evening, guys. Just give it a couple of seconds to catch up as we always do. So, look, are we live? We are live. We are live. Let's get that shared. Good evening, guys, and welcome to Live and Undrugged Series 3, Episode 13. Um, we haven't had many this year. Um, it's been a sort of a short year for. Uh, podcasts and I, I i do apologize guys it's, it's been absolutely hectic this side but um over this next few weeks we're going to get some great guests um as always thank you to my uh, sponsor mr james jeffries who makes this um possible um tonight i am with miss megan devito all the way from New Jersey, uh, near New York, uh, yes. in the grand old USA. Um, welcome. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Jack. It's an honor and privilege. I'm glad to be here. Uh, that's, that's, it's, it's great to have you. Um, let's, I like to take my guests back to the start of their journey. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, um, I just want to, um, say um, what you do as a host and, and give everyone a voice, it's admirable. So thank you for this, this platform and the opportunity to share uh, what a recovery has done, what addiction has done to me, what a recovery has done and what uh, God has done in my life. So um, to start, I'll start back, um, you know, when I, they, the age of 15, I'll never forget when I had my first drink. Um, I grew up in a, um, in a big Irish American uh, Catholic uh, family. Well, we weren't big, but it was just a big emphasis on the Irish American Catholic family. And if anyone knows of that culture in the United States, it's a big partying kind of uh, culture. And I'll never forget, I had my first drink. It was at a St. Patrick's Day party. Um, and I never wanted not to feel that good again. So I needed my attempt. I mean, I remember the the alcohol running through my street and the bloodstream, me feeling getting warm and fuzzy and my head spinning. And I was like, what is this? I want it. I, and I, I just chased it for years after. Um, so I became addicted at 15. I knew I always had a problem, but it was just that it was part of my culture of my family. You know, everyone had a drinking problem. Right. And, and anything I share, Jack, and in, in my um, testimony, my story, I'm never a victim. Right. It's just experiences that I went through. So I'm never you know, I never blame anyone. But um, but my you know, I take accountability for my actions. But I grew up in a very um, uh, now looking at a dysfunctional, uh, toxic um family and you know everyone had a drinking problem and it was just chalked up at everyone that's what everybody had um so getting into my teenage years and my uh my early adult you know my adolescence and my early 20s I just used that almost as a badge of honor you know like I drank and and this is me and um I'm on you know I've been blackout drunk and if you like it you like it if you don't you don't and um I really kind of just I really just lived in that. And, um, the thing is I always, I knew there was God, right. And I, but a growing up in a Catholic religion and a family, I feared God. So I've never felt like I was worthy of enough for his love because I was always doing something wrong. If that makes sense. Right. I was always, you know, being the one that was drunk and blacked out and 
MIA and people had to go find me. And it was just that, but I used that alcohol as a crutch for so long. And I used it because I, I, now I know I was using it because I couldn't deal with my family dynamic. So I ran, I ran to alcohol and I ran to other substance. Um, so that's the start of it. Do you want me to keep on going and, and getting into more? Okay. All right. So, um, at the age of, uh, I had a early, I had a career, uh, hospitality. Um, I enjoyed hospitality. I wanted to be in hospitality because you were around bars and you were around drinking and it was kind of glamorous to me. So I got into a career, um, with hospitality and I worked, uh, for the Marriott organization, the corporation, and um, I had a business card and a title at an early age. So anything I did off the clock, I was like, it's okay, because I put all my self-worth into my job because I didn't know I was a true child of God, right? So whatever I did af after work, I just did it. And, and and then the next day, I just, you know, became um, either the working career person or the blackout drunk person, right? But I never associated um, God in this equation. So at the age of 25, um, well, you know, had another blackout, woke up in a, uh, in, in a car in the streets of Philadelphia in the U S here. And, um, I just, you know, said, I can't do this anymore. And I woke up and the next day I went to my first AA meeting and I was, um, I went to my first AA meeting and I walked out and I was like, this is it for me. I can't do this. But there was a true desire that I had to be, that I wanted to get sober. I never knew people that were sober, right? I knew people that went into rehab and relapsed every 90 days in my family, but I never knew what true sobriety was, right? But I was willing to do whatever it took because I did not want to feel so bad um, anymore. And I don't want to be guilty. I don't want to be remorseful. I don't want to be like waking up going, Oh my gosh, I almost killed somebody last night. Like I just couldn't do that cycle anymore. So, um, I decided to go, um, into rehab and I went into rehab and I, um, and I just was, I was, um, teachable. I just heard what people had. I wanted it. And I, now I know it was the grace of God, but I couldn't give him the credit then because I wasn't didn't feel worthy enough even to go to him. Right. Um, so at 25, I became um, sober and this August I'll be coming up on 19 years of uh, straight sobriety. And, um, you know, I got into, um, I got into the rooms of AA and at 25, you know, it's hard enough to make friends when you're, you know, but now I have to make sober friends. And, but I just held on to those rooms and I heard what people were saying and I just wanted what people had. And, and I, um, I'm not in a 12 step program now. And I believe in the beginning of how important a 12 step program is, but now, you know, Jesus is keeping me, <laughs> keeping me online, you know, but, um, so at 25, I, I became sober and I just was, um, people, places, and things. And, you know, those, those people were my family, you know, they're the ones that I was getting out of rehab and my mom was coming to visit me and she had beer in her suitcase and not understanding why she couldn't drink in front of me. And, and it was just like toxic after toxic. And so I, I, you know, I started, um, healing and I started forgiving myself. And I think that's the first step in sobriety is really to move forward. We have to kind of forgive, right? And we have to forgive ourselves. So I started forgiving. And so, you know, God was good and he blessed me with um, 
he put someone in my, in my life now as my husband and, and my, you know, I, I was always afraid of letting somebody in and knowing that I had a drinking problem and he accepted me on day one for who I was. And, and, um, you know, life started getting good and I, and we started having a family and, and then the toxic environment for my family, the dysfunction never stopped. Like I started getting better, but they never did. Right. So, you know, here I am, I'm a twin. I have a parents and, you know, I grew up with the, the motto, um, you know, uh, we stay together no matter what. And you know, sometimes, sometimes, you know, you, you could be in a really toxic environment and it just because it's family, you don't have to stay in it. And there was a lot of dysfunction and I, I don't get in, I'm not going to get into the whole uh, nitty and grit, knit and grit of it, but my family became so unhealthy and so toxic for me. Um, now I'm responsible for my husband and my, my newborn child at this time. Right. And I had to cut ties from them and I had to like divorce my family and people um, got that in AA, they understood that, but in the real world and then being a Christian now, like some people are like, how do you do that? You know, we're supposed to love our family. We're supposed to honor, but God didn't make us doormats either. Right. That's why I got sober because I was tired of being a doormat. Now, if I'm getting sober and my family's still abusing me with their, because they don't get healthy right now, I don't have to keep condoning that. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of, a lot of, um, situations what made me cut ties. It wasn't just an overnight thing, but so I broke up with my family. Um, here I am now I'm a, a mom, a young mom and I have two babies at this point and I have a husband. I have no support, no family support. And I lived in fear. I lived in total fear that they were going to come get me, that um, they were going to find my children. They were going to kidnap my children. And then like God stepped in, like God just stepped in, you know? And at this time it was crazy, Jack, because I was a sober bartender. I, I forget how many years sober I was, maybe 10 years sober. God put me behind the bar as a bartender. And I know he did it when I was sober because I made a lot of money because <laughs> if I was drinking, I would have drank all them. I would have drank all my tips. Right. And I would be behind the bar and I'd be worried that my family would come in and I had like post-traumatic stress. And then I, and, and God came into my life. Um, I shared with you about um, going to Catholic church and there's nothing wrong with the Catholic church. Right. But for me and my husband, we needed God in our life. We need Jesus. We both grew up in the Catholic religion and we both the way that we grew up, it was that we had to, uh, the way now, not for everybody, but for us, we had to work and be worthy for the love of Jesus. And so we started, we started going to a non-denominational Bible teaching church. And, and the first time I walked in, Jack, I, I sat there, my husband wasn't with me and I just started bawling, crying. Cause I was like, I am home. I am here. God, whatever you put me in this chair for a reason, I am here. And my kids weren't even, they were in like the kids section. It was just me. I just bawled. And my husband came um, the next week and we're like, we're here and we're home. And I wanted to hear the word of God. And I wanted to hear that I needed to hear I was forgiven. And I wanted, I needed to hear that I was loved. And I needed to hear that my heavenly father is nothing like my earthly father. Right. And all these all these things that I, it was so new to me. And it was like a recovery was just starting all over again. Right. It was like my recovery. I had sobriety. I had AA, I had all that, but what was missing was Jesus. Right. So then that's when, that's when my recovery really started getting good. And, 
that's when, um, you know, even in sobriety, you still pick up addictions. And for me, I picked up work as being a, I became a workaholic because I was working from home and I was working from my screen and, and God shut me down on that. And, and the way that he has never given up on me and the way that he still shows me when you walk with him, no matter what you do, no matter what you do, if you're obedient to his voice, if you're obedient to what he has for you, he'll correct you. Right. Like, and that's where I never had growing up in a family that they were, had their own addictions, that they had their own um, generational cycles that they never broke. I never had anyone to correct me, you know, and that's why I'm so big on boundaries because I never had boundaries growing up and I had to learn um, that it was um, healthy to build boundaries, that God honors boundaries. If you look to God and you see how he built, how he has boundaries, you're, and, and you see, and you see to, and you look to him that, you know, he doesn't accept everything in his life, right? There's everything in his world. He doesn't accept everything. There's, there's ways to conduct yourself and there's ways not, right? So I started really learning, um, listening. I started setting those boundaries. I started walking with him being obedient to him. And what I also did was put God's family alignment in order. I put my spouse, I put God first, my spouse, and my children. I got wonky for the, I got wonky there. You know, I was chasing a career in my what, 10 plus years into recovery. I was chasing business goals. I was chasing all this stuff and everything else felt yucky. It felt like I was drinking again, right? I was chasing, I was, nothing was ever good enough. I was chasing that high of that money. And God, um, you know, I, uh, Jack, um, I was bartending when my kids were young, but then I started a social media based business and I was making, I was making what my husband called blood money. I was making money that was crazy amounts of money that I look back and we don't even have a quarter of it now. And God told me to shut down that business. And I was like, God, do you know how much I'm making? And he's like, and do you see what you're doing? And I hit a rock bottom again in my, so now I'm like, you know, I'm in sober, I'm recovery. And this is probably 12 plus years. I hit a rock bottom again. And that rock bottom I hit was just as bad or not even, or even worse than the rock bottom I hit when I was 25, because now I'm responsible for other people, my husband, my children. And I know better because I was walking with the Lord and he said, shut your business down. And I did. And he, he said to me, and I would never forget where I was sitting. And I heard it. I gave you experiences for a reason and you're not using them. And I was like, like, this is not about me. Like the drunken nights and the recovery, like the drunken nights. Yeah. But the recovery piece, like that's not mine to hold on to right? Like the way that he stepped in and saved me time and time again, that's not for my, that's not for me to hold on to. So he gave me these experiences. And also there's a lot of pain in those experiences, but how many times do you hear of somebody that is going through something and they're having terrible family issues and they don't even know where to turn, right? Because it's like, you don't want to, you don't even it's like the abnormal, right? Right. Like, it's just like, so toxic. So, um, so then God, you know, he came in and, in uh, big ways all, you know, and, 
And now I serve women and, and men one-on-one -on -one, and I help them with their experiences of breaking generational cycles, building boundaries, starving the distractions of the chance of something else is shiny out there. Something else is going to get me my adrenaline pumping, right? But um, once we once we eliminate all that, we are able to step into his peace, you know, and, and it's a treasure. So that's where, that's my journey um, in a nutshell. And I could keep talking on and on, but I, I wanted to see if you had anything that you wanted to say. I'll take a breather for a second. How's that? Yeah, um, I love what you had to say. Um, I, I I can relate on so many levels. Um, you know, that stinking thinking, um, the way that we um, focus ourselves on certain things and, and, and we chase that. Um, I, you know, when God took away my, um, my will to use, it was a supernatural thing. You know, um, as, as I said earlier on, you know, I've, I've just gone nine years sober and, um, that, that, you know, 27th of June, and for me, I couldn't stop. You know, I'd, I'd been in AA and NA and CA and or whatever I could do. And, you know, I'd rather probably four years old. And it's a problem in many um, the meetings. However, um, sometimes it feels like the sick serving the sick. Um, yeah. You've got so many egos and things like that. Um, and I couldn't stop when I was, you know, I'd had 12 years uh, clean and then I, I, um, I hit rock bottom again and again and again and again and I ended up homeless and I ended up sofa surfing and, back on the gear and you know it, it was a scary few years and you know 26th of june 2014 i'm sat in a, a crack house um 10 o'clock at night uh, and you know i tried suicide um you know i tried blowing my brains out and the gun jammed twice um i begged for help from people within the system within the 12-step programs and nobody wanted anything to do with me um i don't blame them you know yeah. i blame myself for my actions you know i have to take responsibility of that and accountability um so there I, so there i am sat in a crack house and I, I couldn't stop and i said god you know i don't even know if you exist anymore but if you do you, you're gonna have to take away this um this hunger this thirst for drugs or, you know, for crack cocaine or, or take my life because I can't live like this anymore. I can't do it to my daughter. I can't, you know, I, I, I can't do it to the other kids. I can't, I, I, I can't keep doing it. And I fell asleep on um, crack cocaine, which is a high amphetamine, which is virtually um, impossible. And it sounds ridiculous, but I did. Um, and then waking up at four minutes past 12 on the 27th of June and then not using a day since. Yeah. Um, that was supernaturally taken away from me. I needed yeah. that. I, you know, God did, you know, you know, 
um, a, a great man by the name of Grantley Watkins, who's one of the great leaders of our church. He said, God did surgery on me that night. Yeah. And he did. Um, but I didn't want to take Christ into my life at that time because I knew I wanted to be a bit naughty or still wanted the option to be naughty if I wanted to be. Um, and you know, having Christ in your life and, and you know, got, you know, and I was about nine months old when I got really, really sick and I ended up in hospital um, on my deathbed. You know, and that's where I found Christ in 2015. Yeah. You know, in uh, April, May 2015, April 2015. Yeah. And, and um, you know, that was a supernatural thing as well. Um, and that was my massive rock bottom. Mm. Um, were it not for that, I don't think I could have um, dealt with the stuff that I've gone through in recovery, you know, um, yeah. he, you, you've got the successes working in films and writing books and things like that, which is nice. And, you know, doing this and then, you know, I, I, I lost my biological mom and my, uh, to cancer and my niece, uh, to murder within a month, two months, uh, in 2017. Um, and that, was a whole massive thing for me. I I hate. I had you know, I I wanted to kill the guy, uh, and he was he was by side anyway. I knew about generational trauma uh, and walking with Christ on a daily basis. Because if I don't, all these things start to pile in. Um, and I wouldn't have that, you know. Um, I'm fully convinced, you know, that we Today, um, and the sobriety of Jesus Christ. I know I do, and they say, Well, you don't give it to yourself, but I do. But without God and without Christ, none of this would be there. You know, I wouldn't have my, you know, I'll be married again. I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have the kids. I wouldn't have um, yeah. a roof over my head. I wouldn't have the shed. I wouldn't have these VHS. I wouldn't have a community. Um, that I'm a big part of, I wouldn't have the church. And these are the guys that were sat next to my bed when I was having my full-on um, spiritual breakdown, uh, swearing at them and attacking them. And they sat next to my bed holding my hand, telling me that they love me. And these are men and women of Christ. Yeah. Um, and there a few people that had, had been around. Um, me that kind of stayed 
there, but there were the toxic ones that actually stepped back and stepped away, and I haven't heard from since. Yeah, um, it's unfortunate. He, he, he sweeps them away from our yeah. lives. Um, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I know about toxic friendships and things. Um, God highlights them. You know, uh, I'm not sure I could not speak to my siblings. Um, you know, uh, even though I don't speak to them very much, but um, you know, the option is there. It's a brave thing to do to follow what God has to say. Uh, you know, use the words divorcing a family, you know. Um, what's that like? Um, what, what does that do, you know, to, to you as a, a person and as a Christian? What, how does that affect you? Um, the thing is that my family knows peace. They don't know dysfunction. Right. So, you know, sometimes, you know, you have a, you have to go through a divorce and a, and a breakup so you can move on and you can step into your, your purpose. Um, my kids don't know dysfunction and I had to divorce my family, you know, to be able to stop the cycle of addiction that was so, um, that went through generation after generation after generation. And it was my responsibility to have it stop with me. Right. And, you know, I remember, um, you know, I, I remember the day when I, I, I came to Jesus, you know, I was walking with the Lord, but did I truly accept him into my heart? And I went to a sermon at church and I came home and I was reflecting on the, on the service and it, and I looked up at the sky and my heart just opened because I felt like I had a wall in my heart for so long. And I put that wall there because I was protecting myself, protecting myself from not being loved again because what my family had did to me. And then I, I this wall just shattered, Jack, and it was just shattered. And God, I said to him, God, please forgive me. You've been here the whole time. It was me that wasn't showing up because I was afraid. I was afraid to get close to something, someone, whatever that may be, and have it not be real, right? But now I, I, I know he's real, but it was because like, how can your family push you so much where you have to make these hard choices to divorce them, right? After all these years of them thinking like, it's unconditional love, right? So it it really kind of, as a you know, as a as a Christian, as a mom, as a, a wife, as a spouse, it was something that um, I truly needed in my life for not for me, but for the legacy of my kids and their kids. Yeah, it's 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 something that we have to do to protect our families, I guess. You know. Um, generational trauma that that's 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 one killer of many a faith um you know uh, i suppose it's 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 
toxic that we start to believe these things that things or maybe we, we believe all the th things It's just, you know, um, there we go, back again. Yeah, I, there we are. I do. Lost, yeah. We, we we died for a moment. Um, these things happen. Um, and I'll say is that the, the, a lot of twelve step meetings they talk about you know a, a god of your own understanding, mm. and then you know that they say things like fake it to make it. Yeah. Um, and that kind of irks me. Because you can't fake God, you can't fake Jesus. You know, uh, there are people that go into the rooms for a great many different reasons, uh, and I get that. And there are people that have a great many different belief system. I get that. But you have to call a spade a spade. God is God, and Christ is Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, if... Um, I'm, you know, I'm not dogging on anybody's belief system, you know, whether you're uh, Krishna or um, Muslim or God is still God. You know, yes, not the book, not the trophies. It's it's not it's not even at the time that we collect. It's about God's will and about God's love, and and yeah. that may is a primary purpose. I I cannot or could not get sober or stay sober and clean for any amount of time without the God of my understanding. And the God of my understanding is the God of the Bible. Absolutely. The God of my understanding is Jesus Christ. Um, and I'm not perfect. You know, none of us are perfect. I, I, I swear, I make mistakes. I, 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 I lose my temper um we all do these things um i'm not mary poppins i'm, I'm you know i'm not practically perfect in, in 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 any way you know i'm the one perfect person and that was christ yeah. um 
I get that. But I do believe that we need more of a biblical life. Um, you know, I don't like to buy uh, Bible bash on these, but I, 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 I really do think that people need that relationship with Christ. Yeah. It's a relationship. <laughs> it's a father because the opposite of addiction is connection and my connection is with Christ. My connection is with my wife and my kids. My connection is with my church, my community. My connection is with the people here on Facebook um, doing these, you know, I, I, I do it for a reason. I love it. And I like to open up to everybody, you know, and I'll give everybody a chance to say what they want to say but um for me it's god in it it's it's just it's the way that we have to be it is and you know i look back at my journey and just how patient he was with me like just so patient when the addiction was louder than his voice ever was in my life he was patient when I, you know, um, when I kept doing the same thing over and over again and in insanity, he was patient. And that's what I want people to know. Like, because when you're not, when you're not worthy of even feeling like you're living and you're in this addiction and, and the, in the behavior of it, you're forgiven. That's all you have to do is come to him and ask, but you're, for, you're like, that's it. Right. Like just you're forgiven. And he's not a big, scary God thumping it, you know, thumping his hands in the air. He's like, come to me, you know, you know, Matthew eleven twenty eight. you know, I'll give you rest, bring you, give me your heavy burdens. Like just, he's waiting there for you. And that's what I encourage any listeners that are on the fence that are just so tired of, of that um, exhaustion, just give him your burdens. He's there, he's waiting for you. And then uh, see how he blesses you through that. I think you're frozen again. Yeah. Yeah. Forgiveness is a massive one. It is a massive one. And I was um, a murderer's mum after the funeral. She threw her arms around me and, 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 and said, thank you for coming. And that broke me. And I wasn't there on my own. I was with my church he was kind enough to take me home and drive me back to the other side of the country and I was hit epiphany the amnesty you get it with sudden pain you know when you're so angry and you kick something and you know you've hurt your foot because that calmness comes in or you punch something and you know you've broken your hand because that calmness comes in I was hit with that sort of calmness and and you know Chris said to me he said what's going on and I said I've got to forgive him and I and not for him, 
and not yeah. for his not for his family or anything like that um and not even for god or jesus it, it was i mm. had to forgive him because unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die yeah it's not going to happen and it's just going to make you poorly and it's going to make you ill uh, and you're just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and what this does is it it, it it attacks your soul and you you end up getting a poisoned soul uh and that's not good that's not a good thing so i forgave him because for my own mental health for yeah. my own heart yeah. condition for my own soul condition because i needed to um and we need to we need to forgive and i'm not always quick to forgive you know th there are things that from my past that I still struggle with. You know, the, the, there are reasons that I became an addict. Yeah. At a young age, you know, there are reasons um, around that and reasons around abuse and things like that um, within authority and within the school system. Um, but these are all things that God is working on, that I am working on on a daily basis um we need to do this and i get as much out of these as uh, as anybody else you know i like talking but i like listening because i get a lot out of these i get a lot out of other people's stories i believe mm -hmm. if we've gone through a certain um way of life and we've lived a certain way of life uh, and we've come through the other end it's our, our responsibility um, our godly responsibility to um, to carry that message. Sure. Yep, absolutely. And you know the forgiveness piece too. I always I always think like um, I think I'm overlapping. I don't know if I can hear. Mm. I'm here. Okay. I, um, what I wanted to say about the forgiveness piece as well, like Judas still sat at the table, like he still sat at the t dinner table. Right. And knowing what uh, Jesus knew, what he knew. Right. And he still sat and, you know, forgiveness though, we could forgive from a distance. And as Christians, we absolutely can. And it doesn't mean that we have to forgive and invite people to break bread with us. Right. But we do, um, that forgiveness piece is removing those shackles around our heart right and and being able to um pray for others that's that's the hard that's that's the hard thing right like talk about obedience is praying for your the people that have hurt you the most right but there's something freeing there's something freeing in that right so such good stuff jack i know our we're kind of laggy and all but it's good, good stuff it, it, it's fine it happens sometimes you know um i know god is in it um but the, the you know i know that the devil doesn't like it when we glorify god so these things happen um whether it
that people get from watching and listening to these. Um, is there anything that you'd like to say um, be, be, before we finish to sort of anybody that's maybe going yeah. through it? Um, forgive yourself. Forgive yourself and and um, you know, I, I just get on your knee. If you want the peace and the treasure of his, the treasure of his peace, just get on your knees and come to Jesus. Say, I'm here. I'm ready. I am ready to receive you and watch and just watch those blessings unfold and watch your life become whole again. And it's not that we don't have problems, right? But we know how to deal with them because we're guided from the Bible. We're guided biblically. We're, we're given his wisdom. Um, and if you're tired, give him your burdens. That's, you know, that's it. He's waiting for you. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, tell me about your uh, website. Uh, and Yes. Mm -hmm. So I am a, I'm a Christian uh, coach. Um, for those of you who don't know what coaching is, it's not therapy. I, I've been in therapy for years. Um, what coaching is, is helping you get to uh, your, at a, in a point life coaching and move forward. Right. And obviously there's heart work and weeding that we have to do with the heart, but it's moving forward and eliminating distractions, building boundaries. So you can step into the treasure of his peace. And um, my website is my name, um, Megan with an H and MeganDeVito.com. You, if you want a free session, it's right there on the website uh, for your listeners. Please go ahead and book a session. We could kind of get into the, the um, anything that's, um, you know, robbing you of your peace. Um, so, yeah. Brilliant. I will put all that as usual uh, within the comments uh, and within the edited video. As always, it will go out onto uh, YouTube and then uh, onto my website, which is jw.wordpress.com. Um, 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 I will be under the live and tuning in and listening as I mm. again. Um, yeah, I was just um, I was just wrapping up. Yeah. Uh, apologies okay. to everybody for all the uh, all the connection problems. Um, that's what you get for doing this out in your garden shed in, in rural Norfolk. Uh, and I, I haven't booted this up for a while, so there's going to be some uh, frogs in the system, but um, we get there. Um, if you just stick around for a few minutes, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, we'll, we'll, um, we'll we'll see how it went. But thanks, guys, uh, for everything. Um, I shall see you again soon. Bye, guys. <laughs>